Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Swift as Shakespeare, with our guest, Tom. Thank you for being here today, Tom. Would you please introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Tom Ortega. I am a developer slash entrepreneur. I've been coding for, gosh, professionally since 1996 or 95. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today and looking forward to hearing your story. Why did you choose this career? I reflected recently, your sixth grade was a big year for me. I discovered new wave music on K-Rock, thanks to Richard Blade. So a lot of my favorite bands like New Order, Morris D. Smith, Peshmerga, all them, I discovered that year. That year, I also learned how to write. I wrote a paragraph about pizza. I remember thinking how powerful it was to write a paragraph about and then I also learned how to program. It was an option in our school, Saturday school, like you had to go on Saturdays and we all shared two Apple IIEs and it was required for six graders to go. I was really good at it. Our teacher was from JPL. He was just a member of the church at, and he was just helping us on the weekend. But I was too poor to afford my own computer. So I didn't really have a computer. So I focused on art in grammar school, then, then I did a lot of like figure drawing type art high school, did a little bit more programming, then focused a lot on writing my second half of high school and, and my three semesters of college. But in college, I, I did study computer science and creative writing. I used to joke that I would write creative computer manuals, but interestingly enough, I do see programming and creative writing as intrinsically linked. If you think about Shakespearean sonnet with its rhyme scheme and iambic pentameter, like you can liken that to coding. Like you have to, if you're writing on iOS, it needs to be Swift. If you're writing the web, JavaScript or TypeScript or whatever, and you have to follow the rules of those languages in order for it to be interpreted correctly. Just mm-hmm. like you have to follow the rules of style of poetry in order for it to be interpreted correctly. What is something that you know now that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career? Yeah, something I just learned, gosh, maybe a month ago and really didn't even put it into practice until about two weeks ago is just, Mikey, just do it. So much of my life from sixth grade up until now. Like in sixth grade, another thing that happened in sixth grade is I woke up and I said, I'm going to own my own business someday. And I went and I told my friends and they didn't understand. And they're like, can we just go chase the girls on the field? You stop talking about this business stuff. And I'm like, no, you don't understand my future. Like I got to figure out how to run a business. Like what that means. And so I think that particular trigger versus if you compared it to learning how to program 
because I had to, it, it really exemplifies what went wrong with my life and what I think people need to learn. So on the business side, I was like, oh, I got to get prepped. I got to read books. I got to study. I got to read biographies about great pro um, business people, yada, yada, yada. And then on the flip side for programming, the teacher was like, here are your projects. Try to get through them all. And half of your grade is how poorly or how much you can crash your fellow classmates. App. And so I was notoriously good at crashing everybody's app. So I got training that they didn't. And then they would try to crack my app the same way that I crashed their app. And I was like, what are you stupid? Of course I planned for you to do that. <laughs> like I was doing functional testing, sort of unit testing without knowing that that's what it was called at the time. But I just did it. Like I didn't think about it. And as someone who tends to have ideas for products that are 10 years ahead of their time, I tend to get lost in the thinking of it. Oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to architect this? How am I going to accomplish this? And I, it's not quite analysis paralysis because I do things, but I don't do the, I didn't do the right things up until recently. Like for instance, I have an, an app on the app store on the iOS app store and I needed to port it to Android. And I started that project like a year ago and. I touched it throughout the year, but in the last two weeks, I finally boarded it. And every day I wake up and I'm like, okay, these are no tasks. And normally I would say, oh, this is going to take a really long time. So let's not start that task right now. But instead I just start it. And if I finish it before I run out of time, then great. And if I don't, a quick note, go do whatever I got to do. Come back, read my note and go back. But I think that is amazing if you can harness that that habit early. I wish I had, and I did have it early on, but somewhere along the line, I don't know. I started to think too much and not do as much as I should. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think time blocking, as you describe it, is a great technique. And I do time blocking myself, just especially now with this day and age where people are making all these meeting requests and stuff like that. I just will now put time on my calendar for me to get my work done and just with the frame of mind as you described it so aptly of what can i do in this block and just keep pushing the stone up the mountain rather yeah. than to get it all done at once yeah because sometimes you're like if i build a net if i build a pulley if i make a canyon if i go <laughs> if you keep yeah. all this extra thinking about the group that rock when if you just push it like you would have gotten to the top so much yes my next question is, recall a challenging professional situation and what did you learn from it? As my consulting company, Omega Ortega, I don't have very many employees, but I did have one. And it was during the pandemic and I realized then that you don't manage people how you want to be managed, which is what I, th I thought. I don't like told what to do. I'm like to be like, here are your tasks go do them. You have two weeks to come back. And that's what I was doing for this particular employee. But this employee and I, we used to see each other on a daily basis. And then the pandemic hit and that happened. And he got really depressed. And I didn't even know because I wasn't even checking in on because I was like, here's your work. I don't want you to think I'm trying to babysit you. Just get your work done. 
And he ended up getting a, a DUI because he was so depressed. And um, it like really affected me. And then I helped, I tried to help him after he got a DUI, like making sure he did everything that he needed to do to fully reconcile with the community as well as the law and get all of that stuff taken care of. Like we didn't try to sidestep it or anything. And so I supported them through that. And then afterwards, there was a depression there within him where he was like, I'm not worthy of uh, having this job, having somebody as supportive into you. Because look, look how much of a screw up I am. And some people even said at that time, you should really just let that person go. Like you're not doing him a favor by keeping him on board and supporting his subpar performance. But I couldn't do it because when he signed up as an employee for my company, I saw that as him taking a bet on the company saying, I will risk whatever other success I could have achieved in life to help your business be successful. And so I felt he deserved the same. Like I should take a risk on making sure that he could be as successful as he could. And so I kept encouraging him. And I got his spirits up and right, right when he came out of the depression and was right in the highest of the high before he settled back down to, to normal at that peak, he interviewed for another company and came back to me almost um, sad. Hey, I hate to break this to you, but I interviewed for this company. That's a really good opportunity. And I told him, I said, that's great in England. That's amazing. You listen to America. This is how it works. Like go and find something better. And you do it. And it's up to me if I need you to fight for you, right? To give you a better offer. And I said, but at this point in time, I don't have a better offer for you. Uh, so this is great. Go on, be great, do great things and keep in touch. And, and we still do touch and stuff like that. But I just think about, had I let him go, like many had encouraged me to do it. Even I thought about it just on my own. Uh, what could have happened, Joe? Like, could have, he could have gone further into depression and done something just as stupid as he had done during COVID. And so I was really proud about that. And it, it, it hurt financially to do that for sure. But overall, I think that was an important lesson for me to learn that people are important. And then I've always said that, but to be actually able to live it versus mm -hmm. just saying it was really nice. That's a great story. And thank you for sharing that. Uh, my final question is what advice would you impart to someone just starting their career? I know you have experience both in like startups and big companies and also being a sole entrepreneur. So what advice would you impart to someone looking into a developer position in the future? Sure. I'll, I'll break it down to the three sections. Like you mentioned, I worked at a, a few enterprises, the biggest one being eBay. And I remember when I interviewed with the director, he didn't have much time for me. He said, you get one question. I get one question for you and you get one question for me. And I forgot what he asked me, but he said, okay, now you give me yours. I said, how bad are the politics here? Cause I don't really like politics. And he said, that's a really good question. He's, and I'll be honest, they're really bad. eBay, and this was in 2005. I don't know what it's like now, 2005 or 2000-ish timeframe. It was really bad. And he said, but. There's a bright light to this thing. He's every six months, we basically reconfigure the whole entire company. And so politics completely changed. 
because people who are in power are no longer in power. And so if you don't like it, just stick around six months and, and it might be a better organization. The more you like it. And then there are pluses to this, right? That's, that's enterprise. Startups, I worked from little tiny startups who basically couldn't pay salaries sometimes to Dave Duffield and Workday, which was basically, for those of you who may not know Dave Duffield, he did PeopleSoft and now he's on Workday. And basically, he's done the same thing a few times. He basically ERP software, but he does it for different types of technology. He did client server, then he did personal computer, um, and then he did now cloud with that. And in that one, it was interesting because I was an outsider. I, I was employee number, I want to say one seven, something like that. And I would say of the first 100, probably 95 of them worked for him. And so it was weird being like one of the few odd men out where you didn't get the inside jokes that everybody got. And like, you didn't understand the mentality, like the herd mentality that everybody had around Dave and his mission and, and all that sort of stuff. I just, I thought it was very different than I, than I thought it was going to be. But the nice thing about a startup is that you get to do a lot of different things. You get to experience a lot of different things. You get to participate in ways that large enterprises don't necessarily give you that chance. But just like at eBay, everything changed every six months from a political standpoint. In a startup, everything changes every six months because you like double in size. Sog's a successful startup. You'll double in size. It's like when you used to be able to reply all with a joke on Monday morning, you get to the point where people start to complain and other offices were like, these jokes don't apply to me. We're not doing that anymore. Uh, and then people that you worked with, like you, you get to see the dynamics of them change as the company grows, which is not something I did. As someone who didn't do very many startups, like working for a startup, I didn't quite understand how people grow with the startup, but then like, sometimes for the good and sometimes for the bad, right? Like they will start to find their niche, which means that you get the leftovers of their current job. But then also like things like marriages fail because they're focusing so much on the startup and not so much on their relationship or their spouse. And then lastly, working for yourself is the best, obviously. <laughs> It's the best and not for reasons why it's harder because you have to set your own schedule. You have to make sure you get things done. You have to make sure you're doing basically everything that at, even at a startup, there is always somebody taking care of something. But in, and when you work for yourself, it's, it's all you from sales to paying the bills, to paying yourself, to finding new clients, all that sort of stuff. But one thing, if you do work for yourself, especially now, I started working from home in 2010. And what I found worked successfully for me during that time till now, and also works well for people that I've told to, is when you work from home or work for yourself, but you still have to interact with other people, just let them know you're good. Like I used to wake up at three in the morning work till that, like I would tell my clients, like I start at three, work till seven, make breakfast, take the kids to school, 
come back, work for a couple hours, eat lunch, work for a couple more hours after lunch, then go pick up my kids and make dinner. If you want meetings during those times that I've told you I'm not available, I'm not opposed to yeah. it, but you have to give me at least a day's notice so I can plan somebody else to pick up the kids or take the kids or whatever. And most of my clients respected that and they respected that <clears throat> I told them when I was going to be available. And if I wasn't going to be available during those times or if my schedule was changed, I made sure to let them know that my schedule was changed because the hardest thing in, in all three types of organization is communication. The only difference is that in startups and enterprises, there's predefined communication methodologies that you have to follow. And if it's poor communication throughout the enterprise, then it's just poor communication. Like you can't be a great communicator in a poor organization. But when you're on your own, you do have to be a great communicator. And there was a couple of times, and I can recall where I wasn't a great communicator and, and the projects did suffer. And looking back in hindsight, you go, dang, like I did drop the ball on communication there. I should have done that better, but you live and you learn. For sure. Live and learn. I think that's a great perspective and a great note to end on. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Tom. No problem. Thanks for having me. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey. Thank you.